Hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of Pinot and Perfume. I am your host, Sarah Chacon. Realize that second hello kind of came off a little annoyed. I am annoyed, but not at you lovely people who are listening to the dulcet sound of my voice. Um, I'm about to go on a rant on news websites because um, I've been looking up, you know, looking up stories for fragrance in the news. And what is it with news websites? Like, okay, news usely, news used loosely, but it's like Daily Mail. There's a, um, one of my articles is uh, from Daily Mail. And it's like the pop-ups are insane. And it's like slowing down how the website loads, my ability to scroll through everything. It's so super annoying. And it's not only the Daily Mail. It's like people.com use it. Um, Us Weekly, even local news stations like uh, West here in Orlando, um, like, you know, they're, they're all terrible with the damn pop-ups. And it's like, I get it. you got to make your money somewhere, but Jesus Christ, I'm a marketer, right? There are ways to get ad revenue and have ads that are seamless for the user, for the end user. Like, come on, there's a sack. I'm on it now. There's a Saks Fifth Avenue pop-up and I keep trying to close it out. And it's so shitty because it's like, I'm closing it out. And then it's like a delayed when I scroll. So I end up clicking on one of the ads to get popped through a, di- you know, to sent to a different landing page. I somehow ran out, ran up on a different news story. Like it's so terrible. Like these Saks Fifth Avenue pop-ups are nuts and I hate it. And again, like guys, first, like guys, your website doesn't need to have 20,000 pop-ups like it's 1998. We're past that. There's native marketing now that where you can seamlessly integrate ads and it makes it a way better user experience for the end user. You have sponsored content, like have all this other way to get your ad revenue instead of making it look like, you know, an advertiser just threw up all over your website that slows down the performance, slows down the loading. I cannot, I can't do better guys. Do the fuck better. Oh man, on a real bender today. Um, I am currently drinking white claw, a raspberry white claw. Um, I've been putting down the wine, um, over the past couple days, not yesterday, but Friday, I have mastered the fine balance of drinking a lot of glasses of wine over an extended period of time so that I have a slight buzz, but not completely drunk. Kind of tooting my own horn. Um, That was on Friday. My husband was in Tampa with his friends and love them, but I always enjoy having the house to myself for a little bit. And he always ends up staying overnight at his friend's house in Tampa, so... Usually it means takeout, although we had takeout earlier that day, so I didn't get any for dinner, but it means watching whatever I want to watch on the TV, takeout, and just enjoying not, you know, having some me time. So I started watching Beverly Hills 90210 and um, the original. I didn't bother watching the reboot because I'd never seen the original show. Um, The original, can I say the original more time? The show aired from 1990 to 2000. So I was a teenager during the latter years, but 
during that time, Dawson's Creek was like the new hot teen show. And I think 90210 was kind of like running its course. And at that point, they were probably all middle-aged because they're, they're supposed to be in high school, which let's be real. The only person who looks like he's actually in high school is Brian Austin Green. The rest of them look like they're in college. Um, Andrea, she looks like she's a teacher at the goddamn high school. So let's, you know, you have to really suspend belief, you know, suspend your disbelief there. But they're 10 years. I'm sure they had them aged. Like, didn't they get into college? Like, I'm pretty sure I'm going to just go on an, out on a limb and say, like, by the time the show ended, if they're like 16, they have to have been like 26, like working professionals. And at that point, it's just kind of like, are they still in Beverly Hills or have they moved on with their lives? So I'm revisiting it. It's I'm in it. I'm watched. I'm let's see. I'm third episode in. Well, I'm currently on the fourth, but I've completed three episodes. Love it. Um, love the unintentional hilarity. Uh, like when Luke Perry gets introduced as Dylan, like the bad boy, but he's sensitive, you know, bad boy with a soft side type of thing. And he has this recurring guitar solo that's like every time he does something or like when they introduced his character it's all like dun, 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 dun. like it's really like so like really supposed to be edgy um that's really funny i really enjoyed the part there was an episode where the girl like the crowd the surfer crowd he hangs out with there's a girl named betty her real name's sarah but they call her betty because i think this you know she's just some dumb blonde beach betty He's introducing Brandon, who is Jason Priestley, because he, Jason Priestley and his sister Brenda are like the new kids in town from Minnesota. So he introduces Brandon. Um, Brandon goes to the beach one day and sees these cats, except for Dylan, he's doing surfing. Sees these cats getting drunk. Betty ends up getting drunk and then deciding to surf. And then she's pretty much passed out in the waves. Brandon saves her life. And... When he confronts the two surfer guys, Dylan's trying to figure out what the hell happened. He confronts the two surfer guys. And then after he leaves, Dylan takes one of the surfer guys by the neck. You think it's going to be like a friendly gesture. I thought he was going to smash his head into a rock, but I think that was too edgy for 90210 back then. Instead, he takes him to a surfboard and he stomps on it, somehow cracks it in two. Must have been a, either a weak spot or very, or Dylan's very, very powerful. And then you hear this guitar solo that's like, down, 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 down. and it makes it sound like Dylan don't put up with no shit. I love it. Um, I That's my new project is to watch all 10 seasons of it to see how they evolve. And um, yeah, that's my, my new show that I started watching. I know I'm super late. I'm like 30 years late to the game, whatever. Um, Ain't no time like the present. This year's pretty much shot to shit, so why not, you know? And with that, we're going to get into fragrance. Scent of the week. Why do I keep calling it fragrance of the week? Scent of the week. We're going to do that now. Okay, this week's scent of the week is... Black Perfecto by La Petite Robe Noir by Guerlain. This was a blind buy for me. I liked the bottle, and when I saw the notes, I figured I would like them as well. Now, if you watch YouTube reviews of this, you'll hear the same thing over and over again. 
It's a cherry almond and leather fragrance. Cherry almond and leather. Cherry almond and leather. Interestingly enough, depending on who, on where you look, um, cherry's actually not an advertised note. Now, it is a note in the original La Petite Robe Noir, and I'm sure in several of the other flankers. I actually just recently picked up the Legere Spray, uh, Ma Robe Hippie Chic, that has a cherry note. But this one, if you go to Parfumo, the notes for Black Perfecto are, there's no cherry listed. Let's see, let me bring that up right now. Black Perfecto. So according to Parfumo, in your top your top notes is just rose water. Your middle notes are grass, rose, may rose, absolute, and almond. And your bottom notes are black leather, patchouli, and tonka bean. So you have like three different types of rose scents, um, but no cherry. However, on Fragrantica, which I have to say Fragrantica kind of cleaned up its website. I like this a lot better. So I don't want to say that it's my doing that I spurred them to it, but I'm just going to say it's about time because this is way better than that 1996 circus shit it was rocking. My brain doesn't want to explode when I see it now. So for Grantica, the notes they list are top notes are sour cherry, almond, and black tea. The middle notes are rose and licorice. Base notes are leather, tonka bean, patchouli, and black musk. Now, I don't know if those are the notes for La Petite Robe Noir original, because this is the, the page for Black Perfecto. Let me look up the La Petite Robe Noir really quick. La Petite Robe Noir. Um, no, it has some notes, but there's a bunch of other shit in La Petite Robe Noir. So depending on what you, on where you look, there may or may not be cherry in it. However, I don't detect cherry. I do smell the rose, but I will say the rose is so deep that it does come off as cherry-like. Um, my first impression, if you remember seeing my first impression on Instagram, was that it um, almost came off medicinal, like almost like a medicinal cherry, but I still kind of liked it. And I'm still like that. Like the more I've worn this uh, perfume, the more I like it. Like, it's just super sexy. It is dark. If you like rose, you're going to love this. If you don't like rose, but you like cherry, you probably will still love this. Because again, if cherry's not in it and it's just rose, the rose is so deep that it smells like cherry. Um, according to Fragrantica, this came out in 2017. And it's supposed to be the inspiration for the per perfume is a contrast of like a biker leather jacket and a black evening dress. So kind of like a sexy, maybe mysterious, yet lady, but with an edge. I imagine a little black dress and then a woman wearing like a black dress out at night, but it's kind of chilly. So she throws on her leather jacket over it. So it's sexy, it's deep, it's mysterious, but it's got an edge. Now on me, I definitely smell the rose and the tonka. Um... The leather a little bit. Now, I'll be honest, like the only leather I've smelled in a fragrance that I could detect was Tom Ford scent that I sampled in Sephora. And I don't even know what it was. I don't know if it was Tuscan leather or ombre leather, but whatever it was, it straight up smelled like I was sniffing a leather handbag or a leather wallet. It was a true leather note. 
This one is more, it's less that. And I don't know, honestly, if I'm smelling the Tonka or the leather. I don't think it's the Tonka because to me, Tonka bean comes off as kind of a little bit sweet, a little bit resiny, kind of tobacco-y if you, depending on how it's paired with the notes. This one, that's kind of tempered. And I think that's tempered by the leather. And I think that's where I'm getting the leather from. But to me, it's not very prominent. Also, my nose could be trash. Um, I think it was a good blind bite. I really like this fragrance. The My only gripe with this fragrance is I think I get a Nosmic to it really quick. And I feel like I have to break my own rules about not wearing my fragrance like an asshole. And I overspray. I have started overspraying just because I'm at home mostly. And to be honest, I think I was spraying like a Bolshevik. <laughs> I, I think with most perfumes, there are a few exceptions, Shag Half Oud being one. But I think for most perfumes, you really, really have to spray an obnoxious amount in order to choke out an entire room. I think for the most part, you can spray pretty generously and still be good to go. That's my new kind of... Um, my new lease on perfume wearing, if you would, if you want to phrase it like that. Um, I, I think you could probably get away with spraying more than what you normally would and still be fine. So I've been doing that generously and I've had no complaints, but I don't know if somebody would complain to my face. Anyway, if, if that was the case, but anyway, I get a nosmic to this really quickly. It's, I can't smell it after a while on me. I have to really, um, put my, put my nose in the crook of my arm or like pull out my shirt to kind of smell my chest area, which is where I do get, that's the part of my body that projects the most. So when I do get a, a whiff of this scent once in a while, it's coming from my chest. But other than that, I can smell it like the first five minutes after I spray, but then it settles down and I can't smell it anymore. I don't know if that's just because it's a skin scent or I'm just getting a Nosmic to it. I'm leaning towards getting a Nosmic to it um, because I did wear this last week. Uh, my friend and I were doing some walking around downtown in our city. Um, we were trying out a run group and we had already worked out in the morning. So we were just walking and then meeting up with the run group for beer afterwards. And I was wearing this and I wore it all through the walk. And then on the ride home, she asked me, she's like, what are you wearing? And I told her what it was. And she's like, I really liked it. So I think other people can smell it, but I just can't smell it on me afterwards. So I think it's a Nosmic. Now, she also noted the rose. To her, she said she didn't get cherry. She got rose. Um, so I'm inclined to think that cherry's probably not in this one. But again, if you're not a rose lover, don't let this deter you because, again, it's not old lady rose. It's a very rich, deep, dark rose that comes off as cherry. Like, if I didn't know, honestly, if I didn't know there was rose in it, I probably would have thought it was at least cherry and rose. It, it, it comes off like that. So it's definitely worth trying out. If you like Guerlain, even if you like La Petite Robe Noir and you want to try this flanker of it, definitely try it out. I have not yet had the pleasure of sampling the original La Petite Robe Noir. I did pick up the Legere spray, as I mentioned earlier. I, I did not know that Legere was like a lighter version. Um, and I like it, but I, you know, I still haven't smelled the original. So I don't know how these, this one or the Legere spray compare to the original. So I cannot make that comparison, unfortunately. But 
as someone who this was the first introduction I got to Black Perfecto by La Petite Robe Noir. Um, and the first introduction to the La Petite Robe Noir line, I think this was really good. I, even though I'm kind of agnostic to it, I'm still going to keep it because I love Rose and I love dark, rich, heavier scents. And I think this, this fits the bill. And I don't think it's overwhelming. I think it is still for like a darker, richer type of, um, perfume. It's not as heavy as like black opium, not black opium, shit, uh, black orchid. <laughs> I don't think black opium is heavy, but it's not weighing down like that. It's still relatively light, but it's still super dark and sexy. So I think it's a really good, if you wear your fragrances by season or by time of day, I think this is a good fall winter scent slash evening date night scent. Now in terms of longevity, I it'll get you through a work day. Again, on me, it's hard to determine because I get anosmic to it like, like that super quick. But from when I can smell it, you know, when I'm really trying to smell it, it does last all day. I think it would get you through a work day. You would probably need to reapply if you're going out, which I'm noticing that's the trend with most perfumes. But I mean, it'll get you through most of the day. You probably need a touch up, but you should be good. Again, projection. It's also hard for me to gauge. I only smell it for like five minutes, but that's me. Other people, it might be longer projecting. Like I said, I think I get a nosmic to it. So that's kind of affecting my ability to judge the longevity and projection. But I really, really like it. And I've heard that this is going to be discontinued. So you can get this for a really good price. So just doing a, a Google search, Fragrance Neck has Fragrance Neck. Fragrance Net has the one ounce for $33.99. Fragrance X has the one ounce. Let's see. Fragrance Net is the EDP Floral Spray, which is what I got. EDP Floral. That's the $33.99. Fragrance X has that same one for $24.27. Overstocks got it for $29.49. Um, Perfume.com has it for $29.83. Now, I bought a tester from Fragrance Net. And it is, I got the Big Daddy 100 mil bottle from Fragrance Net. And it was also like 30% off. So I got it for a really good deal. Let me, let me uh, bring this up so I can tell you guys what I paid for it. Um, Black Perfect. Black Perfecto. Let's see. Okay. So I got it for $32.19 which is not bad. Now, if you don't know what a tester is, places like Fragrance Net and I think Fragrance X, they will sell what's called testers. They're meant for department stores and perfume stores to use to let the customer test scent. Obviously, they're not meant for resale in that capacity. Now, obviously, Fragrance Net and Fragrance X are legitimate sites and this is legally selling, like it's fine. <laughs> but um, originally, testers are meant for our set aside special bottles to where the customer meant for the customer to, to test the fragrance. Um, usually, sometimes they come without a cap. The past two ones I got did have caps. It was uh, the Black Perfecto as well as the Legere spray. They were both testers. They both came with caps. They did come in the the plain boxes because testers, what you won't get the packaging like you would if you were to buy the non-tester version. 
which again, it's the same bottle, it's just different packaging. And again, may or may not have a cap. Um, you, I didn't get the fun, the fancy black Perfecto packaging. It just came with in like a nondescript white box. So that's just the difference. But typically chest testers are cheaper. So what the prices were for the one ounce, I got pretty much got it for the, the 100 mil. And that's pretty much my, why I decided to get the 100 mil was why not? It's the same price and I get more, um, more juice. Now, I probably would have just sold the summer car if I didn't like it, but I do. I think it's really good. I think it's, um, I don't know if it's a safe wine buy-ish maybe. Again, if you like rose, you might be hesitant, but I don't think that should let you, that shouldn't stop you. Um, because again, it's not old lady rose. It's very, although my husband's like, oh, you smell like flowers. You smell like old lady. But then another time he was like, you smell really good. I like when I think of old lady rose, I think of like Pond's cold cream, that type of stuff, which I'm a rose lover. I love it all. This is not that. This is very, very dark, very, very deep, very, very rich. Um, again, it almost comes off. If you didn't know the difference, you would think it's cherries. And if you watch a lot of YouTube videos, they're all saying there's cherry in it. So definitely, I think this is good if you like cherry. If you have the original La Petite Robe Noir and you've been um, curious about this, I think it's a good a good buy. You know, I think it's probably a safer blind buy. And if you don't like it, you could sell it on Mercari, but it's a really good price. I mean, granted, $30 isn't nothing. I mean, especially in this time, people are still, they might still be... Um, furloughed or maybe they lost their jobs and they're just kind of getting back on their feet. You know, no amount of money I would say is frivolous, but if you can spare it and if you can bear to part with 30, you know, 25, 30 bucks for a blind buy, I think it's pretty, it's a, you can't beat it. And you can just sell it or give it away if you don't like it. All in all, I think this is a solid scent. I, you know, Guerlain, I don't think I've smelled anything from Guerlain that I've absolutely, absolutely hated, except for Shalimar back in the day. But even now, um, Shalimar and I, our relationship, it's getting there. It's getting there. Um, I definitely want to want to test. I need to sample the original Shalimar. The last time I smelled it, like I said, what uh, previous episode was... I went to Epcot earlier this year, pre-pandemic, settled down, um, and I went into the Guerlain store and smelled it on the tester. I didn't hate it. It still smelled a little bit old lady-ish, but I didn't hate it. But I was like, I, I need to smell this on my skin because I think I could like it. Sorry, these pauses, I'm taking um, a sip of water or a sip of White Claw because my, my throat talking all this, um, talking so much is getting my throat a little bit scratchy. Um, but that's the only iffy fragrance that I smelled from Shalimar. Everything, not Shalimar, Guerlain, everything else I really, really liked. So I think if you like cherry, this is worth checking out, even though there's, there may or may not be a cherry nut listed. If you're on the fence about rose, I still think this is worth checking out because again, the rose comes off very cherry-like. It's that deep and rich. Um, if you like the original La Petite Robe Noir and you've been wanting to try Flanker, this is a good one to try. This is the time to do it because they are getting discontinued. So you can snap one up for really cheap before they're gone. Um, 
I will leave that there. All in all, I am very pleased with this fragrance. All right, fragrance in the news. So first off, we have something from wellandgood.com. And it's what perfume to wear to channel and balance your emotions, according to a neuroscientist. Now, the first half of this article, I'm not going to go over because we've discussed over and over again on this podcast, the link that scent has with memory and that scent has with mood. And I mean, all of that. And that's what this is basically going over is how strong scent is. We get it. We love it. We live it. So I'm just going to go over what perfumes I recommend to wear because that's the fun. So they start off with, if you're feeling anxious, you should look for perfume with notes of lavender, bergamot, lemongrass, and neroli. Um, they say lavender acts on the part of our brain that controls our emotions and memories and results in the secretion of calming and soothing hormones that help regulate the heartbeat and blood pressure. Uh, I just read that straight from this article, which all links will be in the show notes. So the recommended fragrance is Joe Malone's Amber and Lavender Cologne, um, which is $142. So kind of expensive, but there's, there's perfume with like lavender and all that, all that shit in it. That's way cheaper. So you just got to look around. So they, sorry, that was my dog. He was scrambling in the living room. I record in our home office, which is connected to the master bath, which is in turn connected to the master bedroom. And I have the main door to this home office closed. And so my dogs have to go around to get into the office, which means going through the master bathroom. And that was my dog scrambling on the tile. Um, so sorry about that. So they say, they say, if you're feeling sad or insecure to opt for perfume with scents like cedarwood, bergamot, fennel, pine, and citrus because they can help boost one's confidence and self-esteem. Uh, I guess notes in bergamot, the sweet notes in bergamot have uplifting and mood elevating properties, promoting peace, harmony, happiness, and overall balance. So uh, the suggested fragrance is Le Labo's Bergamot 22, which is $165. I don't think they're going to be suggesting affordable fragrances in this article, guys. Um, what? Just out of curiosity, because the perfume that makes me feel super confident and like a bad bitch is Black Orchid. So let me see what, if Black Orchid has any of these, um, notes in them. It's got a shitload. Let's see. Uh, bergamot, cedarwood, bergamot, fennel, pine, citrus. Uh, nope. Oh, no, there's bergamot in the top. So there we go. Um, the rest is not in there. Anyway, that was just more for me. All right. If you want to get in the mood. Oh, if you want to have sexy time. Um, sandalwood and Lang Lang. No, sorry. Ylang Ylang. Mispronounced it. Perfume with sandalwood and Ylang Ylang can get you in the mood. Um, and the suggested fragrance is Tom Ford's Santal Blush for $250. So if you're feeling tired uh, and you need like energy and you need a quick burst of energy to help you focus, um, they recommend frankincense and sage. And the suggested perfume is Heretic Perfumes Smudge for $65. That is the, 
least amount of, uh, what is the cheapest perfume on this list? And then parting words is uh, to build your own personal experiences with scent and then to train your brain to associate a particular emotion with a particular scent. So in my case, as I mentioned earlier, um, Black Orchid is my bad bitch perfume. When I need to feel badass and confident, that's my go-to. So I guess I have unintentionally made that association. Um, when I was dating my husband and I was trying to be all sensual and, you know, wanted to get in the mood, I did wear Victoria's Secret sexy little things because it was kind of sweet and dark. I didn't really work. To, I mean, it was fine, but it, it didn't, it didn't really work. So, you know, hit or miss with that. But yeah, basically wear what you want. We all have that one perfume that makes us feel blank. So there you go. All right. The one that I thought was interesting, and it's on that godforsaken Daily Mail abomination of a website, is because of lockdown making it harder to sample perfumes, because it's some places you can't just go into the store and sample like you could in the olden days. That's what I'm going to call pre-2020, the olden days. Um, a lot of people are just opting to buy classics that they know and love, which makes sense. So this Daily Mail article says, for Christmas, a lot of people are buying, you know, these are the perfumes that are trending, I guess, as bestsellers. People are buying them for themselves, giving them as gifts. Anyway, the, these are guests kind of making an unofficial comeback if you will. So first up, um, Bulgari Au Parfum Eau de Blanc, which was launched in 2003. And Daily Mail listed um, 57 pounds and 80 pence. I don't know how that works in, in British currency. We'll just round it up and say 58 pounds for 75 mil. Um, if you are in the States or in Canada, you know, convert that to your own currency. But apparently this is an oldie but a goodie. Um, it's unisex and it's reminiscent of where, where a rare white Himalayan tea. It's got spicy pepper, um, white tea, and then ombre and also musk and woody. Oh, no, okay. I was trying to, I had, I didn't read this article beforehand because I wanted to experience it with you guys the first time. So I didn't even see where they listed the notes. So the top notes are, are, are Timesia and pepper. Heart notes are white tea accord and pepper. And then base notes are musk and woody amber. This sounds like a peppery son of a bitch. And pepper is really hit or miss with me. I really like pink pepper and fragrances. All right, moving on. Uh, Terry Mugler's Alien, always a good choice. That launched in 2003, and it's 48 pounds for a 30 mil. Uh, let's see. Top notes, Jasmine Sandback. Heart notes, Cashmere and Wood. Base notes, White Amber. I own and love a bottle of Alien. Highly recommend it. Very sexy. Paco Rabanne, 1 million. Launched in 2008. Price is 46 pound. pounds. Um, the top notes, you got Salty Tuberose, Ambroxide, Cashmere and Accord, Heart Notes, Leathery Opulence, and then Base Notes, Solar Leather Accord, Rock Rose Resin. This is, this is the one for men. There is also 1 million for women. 
I remember re, um, smelling the one million for men in Ulta because Ulta, you still can go in and sample. They just have hand sanitizer everywhere and ask that you use it. Hot tip. And I really liked how the one million for men smelled. They did not carry the lady million. And I was wondering how that smelled as well because if it smelled as good as one million, then that would go on my list of perfumes to get when I'm off my no buy. All right. Ailey, oh, oh. So moving on from that, we've got Ely Saab La Parfum. This launched in 2011, and it's 38 pounds. This is the one that was developed by uh, Francis Kirk Dijon, also of the um, house Maison Francis Kirk Dijon, also creator of uh, Baccarat Rouge 540. The top notes in this one are Orange Blossom. Heart notes are Jasmine Absolute and Patchouli Heart. And then the base notes are Cedar Accord and Honey Rose. Next up, we've got Jimmy Choo Flash, which launched in 2013. 42 pounds is the price. Top notes, you got pink pepper and tangerine and strawberry. Heart notes, you got white flowers and tuberose. Base notes, powdery woods. After that, you got Carolina Herrera's Good Girl, which launched in 2016 and is 43 pounds for a 30 mil. Uh, the notes, I guess this is a linear scent, uh, not a pyramid. And the notes listed are jasmine, sandback, tuberose, cocoa, tonka, almond, and coffee. This is one of those perfumes that people always kind of like roll their eyes at and they're like, yeah, it's generic. It's designer, which I smelled it and it smells great. And there's nothing wrong with just a generic ass perfume. There's a reason why designer perfumes are mass appealing because they smell good. It doesn't matter if they don't have, if they don't have notes of like, you know, Himalayan baby tears that were harvested, you know, after they just got birthed, you know, like it doesn't matter if they have like, if they don't have notes like that. I mean, I've got YSL Lieb, um, you know, Lieb, YSL, Yves Saint Laurent. I've got the Owen Tense version. That's going to be on the podcast here in a couple weeks. And it is a super, I would clar clarify it as a super gen generic smelling fragrance. But you know what? I love it. It's good. It's a good everyday scent. Nothing wrong with the generic fragrances. Also love uh, J'adore. I sampled that recently. I like it. I might get it in the future. I've got, I mean, I don't need it now because it is just like a generic floral. And I've got a bunch of florals. Like this bitch loves a floral. Didn't realize it till I kind of took stock of my perfume. Most of it is a floral, a floral in um, some way or another. It's either a white, it's a mix. It, I mean, I love a floral. So, getting another one's a little bit too much. I want to, you know, use up some stuff first. But that is on my list for future. Nothing wrong with the generic scents. Whew. All right, we got Calvin Klein, Calvin Klein, Calvin Klein Deep Euphoria. This launched in 2016, and it's 33 pounds. They don't have a size. Um, top notes are cascalone, mandarin leaf, and white pepper. Heart notes are black rose, peony, geranium, and jasmine sandback. And then base notes are musk, patchouli, and woody notes. Um, this sounds good. There's also, I think, amber euphoria, which Emmy uh, Ever After mentioned on one of her... Um, her videos, it sounds really cool. I have the original Euphoria. I love it. I didn't care for it back when it launched. Um, my friend Jenna would always wear it. It's more good on her. And I didn't like hate it. It was just, it never like, 
grabbed me, you know? And then a few years ago, I was in an elevator with somebody who was wearing it and they put a lot on. And I don't mind. I mean, it was, it smelled really good and I couldn't get out of my head. So, um, I went and bought it, but and I, I love Euphoria. Like, I have it. So I might check this one out when I get done with my Euphoria. Or I might check out Amber Euphoria. Um, anyway, Euphoria is a good. You can't go wrong. It's a classic for a reason. Excuse me. Okay. So we got Twilight Shimmer by Michael Kors. Launched in 2018. And it's 29 pounds. We'll just round that up to 30 pounds for 50 mils. Damn. See... Like last year, was it? Ulta had the Midnight Shimmer, the Twilight Shimmer, and another shimmer on sale. And I didn't buy them because I was like, ah, I didn't want to blind buy them. So I wasn't sure if I would like them. And now I'm seeing people review it on YouTube and everybody says it's great. And of course, now I can't find it. And Ulta doesn't have it on sale anymore. I guess they sold out. Um, top notes, you got Plum, Clary, Sage, and Mandarin. Heart notes, you got Oud Laos, for best, patchouli and papyrus. And your base notes, you have praline, ombromome, and helvetolide musk. Damn, I wish I would have snapped that up. Oh, oh, wait, no, never mind. This is an ad. I was like, pink sugar. Hell yeah. Um, no. Um, oh, I guess we're done. Yep, we're done with this. That was it. Those were, that was fun. I was kind of hoping for like super old school fragrances like, um, Tommy Girl or White Diamonds. But these, this was good. Um, some of these are classics. You know, we've heard them. They've been around forever and for good reason. So I guess that's what a lot of people are buying for Christmas this year. All right, guys, that brings us to the end of this episode. As always, thank you so much for listening. If you want to like and subscribe and give us a five-star ratings on Apple Podcasts, I'm not going to stop you. Um, if you want to connect with me online, you can do so at Pinot and Perfume on Instagram. Um, that's where I'm most active. I actually deleted my Twitter account because I just didn't use it. Um, and I, I have a Facebook page, but I don't really post on it. So um, I like Instagram the most. If you like Emily in Paris, or if you like to hate Emily in Paris, I have another podcast that I do with my friend Jenna. It's called Savoir Shade. You can also listen to it on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, as well as Anchor. And we recap each episode of Emily in Paris. So we have three episodes up. We're going to record later on today the fourth episode. And Emily in Paris just got renewed for a second season, which means we're going to have a second season of our show. So definitely tune into that if you want something a little bit different. Other than that, you know, enjoy the rest of your weekend. I hope that whatever you are doing, you are having fun, you are being safe, but most importantly, you are smelling good. Bye. Pinot and Perfume is hosted and produced by yours truly, Sarah Chacon. Theme music is Around the Bend by Evan Schaefer.